everyone and welcome to the Fashion Potluck podcast session. Fashion Potluck is a women-driven platform based in Amsterdam where women can post, engage and interact with each other. My name is Una, I'm the content manager of Fashion Potluck and I'm here with Julia, the CMO of Fashion Potluck. Good morning. Good morning. And our guest for today, a mindfulness teacher, Marjorie Dumay. Hello and good morning. Hello, good, good morning. morning. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, Marjorie, um, mindfulness is a very popular topic recently, and nowadays it is often mentioned, but however, not everyone is fully familiar with what that actually means. How can you define mindfulness? Yeah, so that's a very good question to start with, uh, and it can be a little bit vague uh, what mindfulness actually means, and um, maybe it's good to start by just offering a definition. Um, and mindfulness means maintaining a moment-by-moment -moment awareness of our thoughts, our feelings, our physical sensations in the body, as well as the surrounding environment with a gentle, nurturing lens. And I really like that definition because this is really what it's about. It's about being awake and aware of what's going on in your mind and body around you as well, um, with um, um, a kind of compassionate, gentle way kind way of paying attention, a non-judging way. So it's not just about being aware, but also how you pay attention. That's really important. Yeah, but how does mindfulness change your life or your lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so um, awareness uh, itself and um, this different way of relating to your experience can be really transformative. Um, and it's, it's a gradual process. Uh, so, uh, especially nowadays, people um, tend to have, you know, very busy, hectic uh, lifestyles where they just pack in as much as they can in a day. And we tend to uh, want to um, achieve a lot and, uh, and can be very busy doing. And sometimes life can be just a bit of a stressful list of, of things to do. Um, and also, you know, there's this technology that's omnipresent that's kind of really pulling out of ourselves, actually, uh, being connected all, all the time like this to social media, to your yeah. phone. We're constantly distracted, I would say. Yeah. It's like without social media, I feel like when I remember my years without social media, I was more paying attention to what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And as you said before, I was more present in the moment. Mm -hmm. However, with social media, there's something, there's like 5% of my brain always thinking, yeah. oh, did I get a notification? Yeah. What's going on in my Instagram? Yeah. Or did I get a new email from my yeah. boss? Yeah, no, exactly. We're living in the age of distraction and that has a cost and it drains a lot of energy. And uh, we sometimes forget to just be connected to ourselves. And so that's what mindfulness is about really just being present in this moment because you actually don't have any other moment to yeah, live. Exactly. It's just right now. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and fully engaging. And so what, what people often find is that being mindful just brings a lot more enjoyment. Um, you know, you actually feel like you're living your life rather than just running after all these things. Because you are paying attention to every done. moment. Yes. You're yeah. basically, you're not living through your life, you're actually living the life. You're paying exactly. Mm -hmm. But is that what makes mindfulness so popular? Is it because we're living such a chaotic lifestyle yeah. and we need something to really be more relaxed? Yeah, that, that's one of the aspects that it's really uh, such an effective counterbalance yeah. to that busy life. Uh, so, so in that way, it's very valuable nowadays. Um, and people tend to also nowadays get very caught up in their heads 
and very busy thinking and they can get quite lost in their thinking actually and so uh, mindfulness is also a practice that is bringing people back to their body Mm-hmm. And just being present in the body because, you know, we, we're not just a, a head walking around. We're, we're attached to a body and especially uh, as women having that awareness of the body and uh, feeling grounded in our body is really important. And it allows us to operate with our whole self. And how do we not do just this? Our heads. Is it through meditation mainly? This what yeah. I, or this is what com- comes to my mind. Yeah. So there's, there's a multitude of practices that exist huh, to bring awareness to the body, but certainly meditation is one of them, and it, it is a very effective way of bringing more focus into the body. Uh, and the, the practices we begin with in a mindfulness course are uh, awareness of breathing. Uh, of course, the breath is in the body, so it's really the physical sensations of breathing. Uh, something we do every day without yeah. you know bringing any conscious awareness to it but when we do we're really in touch with our life force with our vitality and that that gives a certain energy mm-hmm. um, and also we do a lot of body awareness uh, practices so okay. in stillness and in movement because also moving and solicitating the body in a certain way through uh, through yoga through walking mindful movement is really really important to give the body the space and the freedom to to move intentionally but would you say are the benefits of mindfulness actually scientifically proven um yes well uh especially uh nowadays uh basically this uh way of teaching mindfulness the eight weeks program which is what i teach then the standard form is called the mbsr which is the mindfulness-based stress reduction program has been founded by john kabat-zinn in uh, in uh, the late 1970s And he was a scientist, so he actually really was a pioneer because he, um, of course, it's an ancient practice. It comes from Buddhism, but he made it secular so that it could be accessible to many. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't have to believe in anything to just be be present, really. Uh, And in this way, he made it much more open. And being a scientist, he uh, introduced it to healthcare. So he started practicing in a healthcare setting and as such brought a lot of... Um, resources to research extensively the benefits of mindfulness and so um, it's very evidence-based and um, some of the findings of of research uh, there there are so many but just to to name a few and and, uh, you know research keeps on growing in the field is that mindfulness is very effective for for stress reduction uh, to relieve anxiety and and depression Mm -hmm. Um, well, and even depression. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a growing problem nowadays. And you know, if increasingly young young people are getting depressed and getting anxious, so it's yeah. really something yeah. of our times uh, that's starting. Uh, you know, more and more young. So really important to address. And John Kabat-Zinn, he started with people who had chronic pain. Okay. And so actually bringing mindfulness to physical pain in the body, you can use your mind to relate to what you're experiencing in a different way and actually experience a lot less pain. Really? Yeah, wow. so it can really change your life in that way. I'm curious, and how long does it take for the effects to yeah. start showing? Yeah, so that's that's a very good question. Um but maybe what I did want to want to add to the benefits, because these these are all uh, benefits, you know, if you're having a condition, so yeah. be it's physical or mental health. But 
<laughs> the benefits also, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to have any kind of condition to benefit from it. And no, what people course. find is that uh, doing mindfulness actually improves their ability to focus. It improves memory. Mm-hmm. Um, also uh, brings less emotional reactivity. Okay. And it actually increases your ability to use your mind to its full capacity, so to be creative uh, and to tap into your intuition much more. Okay. So that's really... And um, what is interesting is that even some um, benefits include that we um, our immune system functions better. So you see that, that actually practicing in this way has really also very tangible physical health benefits. Um, so that's, like, what's the like beginner course? Because I'm so curious. Yeah. Like, what if the person like who is depressed or with chronic pain or just uh, a person who is stressed comes to you? Like, what what would be like the length of the course? Yeah. And like, yeah, again, like, and after like how many weeks or months or mm-hmm. years can they actually start feeling the effects of mindfulness? Because yeah. you will feel the effects sooner or later, mm-hmm. maybe without even noticing it. But I'm curious, like, for how long do I need mm-hmm. to practice it? to start seeing the effects. And I, also, I know it's not the yeah. end goal, but I'm so curious like yeah. in how many like weeks, months yeah. uh, will you see the effects. Yeah. Also if uh, I'm curious if you practice mindfulness and then if you stop, are the effects gonna stop as well? No. So are the effects of mindfulness long lasting actually? Yeah. Yeah, so those are really good questions. And there's no like a miracle answer yeah. because uh It also really depends where you are in life. So of people course, come to the process, uh, you know, through very different walks of life and with different challenges. So if you're if you're you know going through a very challenging time, of course the process may be a longer one. Yeah. Uh, but the there definitely what what we do see is um, the way I teach it is this eight week course format mm-hmm. and um, you know with reasonably long sessions and the idea is that people practice during the sessions that we have together but also at home how long are the sessions really integrated they're two and a half hours okay. so we you know we really take and our how time often per week? every week okay once yeah. a week once. Yeah. once a week and so then Uh, when they come away from the session, they practice. The invitation is really to practice at home, um, and um, and this is really really key as well. That so they can integrate what has been uh, shared in the session and integrate the practice. And what uh, I often see is that it takes about three or four weeks to really build a habit around actually you know being able to create the space in your life to practice mindfulness regularly. And um, the practices we begin with are concentration practices. Mm -hmm. So we're coming back to the breath, coming back to a point in the body. And uh, this allows to have much more stability of mind. Um, So many people find it initially very difficult to focus. They just realize how much their mind is all over the place. And this practice is actually stabilizing the mind. And... um, If you do it for three weeks, you really, you know, every day, even for 10 minutes, you start It's feeling the benefits. Because this, is, this is how yeah, I yeah. feel. Like when I started um, meditating, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, I would sit down, try to concentrate on either like music or my breath yeah. or something else. And all of a sudden, all my thoughts uh, will come together yeah. and I will be just lost in my thoughts. 
actually I thought that the effect should be otherwise, but then I would have so many thoughts coming. But I also heard that it's normal for the beginners, right? Oh, really? Absolutely. And, yeah. and you would you would advise to just continue like meditating, for instance, uh, every day, and then at some point it will get better, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not about not thinking. I mean, minds think. So and some it's people when they they kind of have this idea. Uh, when I'm meditating, I shouldn't be having any thoughts. That's not it. And a lot of beginners kind of yeah. have this yeah. trap of thinking, yeah. oh, I shouldn't be thinking. But and that's why I thought that you should, you know, concentrate on breath, how it goes yeah. from your like stomach to your lungs, and you know, like I just heard that you can't think of anything else. And yeah. it, I think it's all not that correct. Exactly. No. So it's not about blocking the thoughts. It's about really just noticing where your mind is and, and kind of bringing the it thoughts. back. Yeah, so, well, there's also a practice of that, but initially the baseline is really sustaining the focus for longer. So yeah. what you'd want to do if you're doing an awareness of breathing meditation is is basically every time you notice the thought, just noticing it, and very kindly, without any judgment, because we tend to beat up ourselves, for, oh, well, I'm thinking yeah. I'm not doing yeah, it right, yeah, yeah. but actually just in a very kind way, okay, bringing it back to the breath. And if you do that a hundred times in the space of ten minutes, it's a good practice because you're training your mind to pay attention. Yeah, that's it's going to become a habit. Yeah. yeah, That's actually very encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> to hear. But you can't do it wrong, yeah. so that's, that's okay. a good thing. That's good to hear. But is yeah. mindfulness always joyful? Uh, how can one be mindful in a moment which is not pleasant? If, yeah. for instance, they're under a lot of stress, someone or close someone, to them like died or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. So this is also a good question. So, um, no, mindfulness is not always joyful, like life is not always joyful. Yeah. I mean, being mindful is about really uh, being fully in, in your life and aware of everything, right? And that's the good and the bad and the ugly, yeah. so all of it really. And um, so we we start with these practices, but then we build them up. So in, eventually you want to start having a more expanded awareness that you can include your emotions and your thoughts as well as the outside environment. So the, the focus begins with the breath and the body, which is a base, but you expand it to include everything, you know, all your experiencing, experiences and everything really that life throws at you. So it's about being able to work with it skillfully. Mm -hmm. So it's a progressive uh, practice in that way. And uh, during the training, we introduce practices to work with difficulty, because the usual way we have of approaching difficulty, which is usually running away from it, or, yeah. uh, you know, pushing it away, wanting it to be other, really resisting it and uh, reacting big time, actually often increases the suffering and it just makes it even more difficult. So we learn a way, a much more compassionate kind way to actually allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling, because often we tend to block uh, any yeah. difficult emotions, but actually trying to invite them and also uh, work with them in a, um, I mean, in a more skillful, kind way. Yeah. So yeah. this is very accepting key. it, accepting yes. the pain, accepting yeah. that you might be upset or sad yeah, or exactly. even yeah. angry. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, like working on them. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very key notion in mindfulness acceptance, and you know, when you really think of it, it's not very easy for us to allow something yeah. that is unpleasant but or it's uncomfortable. Part of us, right? It's That's, like, like yeah. we are humans, and we wouldn't exist without negative emotions. Yeah, we can't. Exactly. We can't. Exactly. It would be interesting yeah. to see. If we could, <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah. we can't. Yeah, but some experts yeah. actually warn that mindfulness is not a one-size-fits all solution. Mm -hmm. So who has the biggest benefits? Can mindfulness actually be harmful for someone's yeah. mental health? Yeah, so this is, uh, 
Yeah, a good uh, a good point. I mean, mindfulness, yes, can be beneficial for everyone, you know, um, but there might be a right time to do this in okay. your life, or it might be good to combine it with therapy, mm -hmm. uh, because if people are going through a very difficult time, for example, you know, if they're um, in the midst of a very heavy depression or um, um, maybe a divorce or yeah. separation, heartbreak. Um, you know, loss of someone they they uh, they love. Uh, well, uh, being with that f fully uh, in this it's way, difficult. especially if you haven't have no mindfulness practice, yes. no base to support you, can be a bit intense and overwhelming. So um, you know, there is a time when it might be more ripe for you to to do that. That there there might need some processing that needs to take place before you can okay. actually. Do that, and and you know you can you could still consider doing it, but then having also very tailored therapy to address your your needs. For example, if you're in a depression, then you should also be seeing um, a therapist uh, and practicing mindfulness, which is giving you the tools to be your own therapist mm -hmm. and, and 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 more empowering. But uh, you might need some support to move towards that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But does that mean that you should kind of be in a happy state to start practicing mindfulness? No, no, not at all. I mean, people who come to the or training... Or like a neutral state. Yeah, no, uh, you, you know, uh, people who come to the training in the eight weeks course, they often are brought to that because they are having a yes. challenging time, because yeah. they're experiencing a lot of stress. I also have many people who are experiencing a burnout. You yeah, know, this is that, a, that's increasingly great. Common. Mindfulness Especially helps about with burnout yeah, as well. For yeah. sure, for sure. And now and we have uh, like more and more burnouts. Like yeah, especially women as well. Generation. Yeah. 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 Women are even more prone to this. So, uh, no, it, that that wouldn't be correct. So it, often it is actually your life challenges that might bring you to be, um, you know, um, attracted to begin with mindfulness. Yeah. Uh, and and some people come to it through their own curiosity. Maybe they already have a practice they want to deepen. So there's different scenarios. It's not only you come to it if you're going through challenges. Yeah, but it's yeah. I always have an intake with people to assess also, you know, is this a good approach for you? Because it's important that it really resonates and that you feel ready. It involves the willingness to um, be open to what is, yeah, and uh, to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And there may be times in your life where that's a little bit too much, and you to, need yeah, to to not, yeah, yeah. yeah I can understand. imagine. Yeah, yeah, but um, how does actually mindfulness encourage self love? That's yeah. very good. What's, what's the connection between yeah. these two terms? Yeah. So they, they are one and they are the same thing. They're synonyms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, you often say that the two wings of mindfulness is really, you know, awareness, but also compassion and, and yes. beginning by self compassion because yeah. that's the base. So in all the practices and the way we pay attention, it's always uh, implicit about self-love, about kindness. So, you know, you might start practicing and notice just how busy your mind is judging and just how much maybe you're beating yourself up, actually, and how, you know, destructive these thoughts can be. And so mindfulness is just inviting you to let go of that judging, to uh, let go of maybe these negative thoughts and just, you know, come back to... Um, 
to the breath, come back to what is yes. unfolding. And, and, you know, if you notice that you're having, um, you know, intense, difficult emotions, really intentionally holding them with, with kindness and compassion. Okay. And uh, allowing, yeah, just, just giving a lot of space to um, your emotional experience, which we tend to not give so much space to nowadays. Um, so, uh, and they are also in ex, um, some practices where we cultivate self-love. So we do in the eight weeks, we do some compassion practices and it always starts with self-compassion because the more compassionate you can be towards yourself, the more you can express that outwardly. And it's really, the idea is that peace begins within. And if yeah. you are at peace within, you can create a harmonious environment. Around you can you. have peaceful relationships. Uh, people often say how, how mindfulness impacts their, the quality of their relationships. Okay. So it's really, you know, beginning to cultivate all this within so we can express it outwardly. In Yeah. So, so you would encourage everyone to try mindfulness? Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, I, I think it's almost a next step in our evolution because okay. we have this incredible capacity to be aware as human beings, to just yeah. watch all our experience unfolding. Um, and it's really using uh, your awareness so that your mind can serve you. Uh, you know, also being able to let go of unhelpful patterns that you may have developed over the years and and um, nurturing those that are that are more helpful, that are allowing you to grow and, and to thrive. Uh, it, it's really a practice that allows to put you in touch with your full potential yes. as a human being. And uh, I think kindness and compassion in our world are not luxuries, they're necessities. Yeah, exactly. Because so, they're now like, more necessary than ever before. Definitely. Um, but how uh, would... How how could one start practicing mindfulness? Yeah. Like, what would be the first steps? Because uh, I could call myself a beginner, because mm -hmm. I wouldn't call myself mindful, but uh, I, I am interested in this. Mm -hmm. So if I would come to you and ask you, I want to practice mindfulness, yeah. uh, I don't know how, yeah. what, what, how can I start? Yeah. Yes, well, I mean, there, there is, a, you know, many ways to start. Uh, you you could uh, start on your own, and there are many resources out there online to support you with that. You know, many books, but also many practices that you can find in a variety of uh, places. But it also depends how you function, and it can be a bit of a lonely practice to to yeah. start on your own. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot to be said to actually come together as a group and be supported by someone throughout your practice because yeah. you could okay. come you know you could come against a lot of obstacles on your own yeah. and kind yeah, of and then someone being in the beginning you. is really but important. um i wonder uh, if you're actually doing mindfulness in a group mm -hmm. can the teacher actually really focus on everyone or is no. it more that you're practicing it by yourself but you just get some guidance yeah so um this is a in a in a group there are different components okay and so practice is definitely one of them uh, but also there's a lot of group sharing. Yes. So there's a lot of space for sharing your experience, sharing your challenges, sharing uh, you know anything you discovered, anything you found interesting, insights. And actually people also learn a lot from each other. So yeah. this kind of common exploration is really, really precious. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really adds to, to the course. So yes, there is time for... Uh, you know, group sharing and also individual attention How many as well. Other groups? Um, it depends. So uh, average size is about 10. Okay. 10, yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, yeah. 
And would you maybe share some of the resources uh, you mentioned? Yeah, some you apps are, or websites. Yeah, there are yeah. websites, books, uh, yeah. videos available. Maybe you have some good ones. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, there's a uh, there's a lot out there, but one that can be good to start with if you're really a beginner uh, with mindfulness to get a good uh, grasp of it and something that's also quite comprehensive is uh, the book Finding Peace in a Frantic World. Okay. It's been written by Mark Williams and Danny Penman, mm -hmm. and uh, you have access also to a lot of uh, practices with the book. Okay. So this is a good place to start. Uh, there's also a YouTube channel uh, that I, I really like to, to recommend to people, which is called uh, The Mindful Movement. So you have okay. a huge variety of mindfulness practices nice. to meet different kinds of needs. Um, and then, of course, you have the apps. Uh, the, the thing is, this is a good place to start to kind of get a taster of what mindfulness is. But if you want to deepen it and you feel like you want to explore it more, I think really the next step would be to register for a course and then you really get um, you know a huge variety of practices and tools to uh, explore it further and deeper and yes. that it really has a substantial impact in your in your life because sometimes just having the app you know it can help it's here not, and there yeah, but to the really beginning. integrate it into your life fully okay. is, is another step because yes. it's not about you know being a perfect meditator it's about how you live your life yeah so uh, the course really gives you more uh, the foundations and, and the deeper exploration. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess that's the advice then to all of our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Join a mindfulness So maybe course. I should say where as well. Yeah, you should definitely <laughs> Because we are where. in Amsterdam. So for those of you who are in Amsterdam, the Center of Mindfulness uh, offers, uh, offers mindfulness trainings. And uh, they, they do the eight-week course in Dutch and English. So if you're English-speaking, uh, I, I teach there. And I also have another colleague who teaches there. Mm -hmm. And this is you know, a, a, a center with a lot of expertise and knowledge and mindfulness. So you also have a lot of other resources if you want to then take it further. Great. So for everyone in Amsterdam, check it out. We're also going to uh, put the link of the website in the post. Yeah. To all of our listeners, thank you for listening. And Marjorie, thank you for um, teaching us a bit more about mindfulness. Thank, thank you, you very much for, for having me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.